Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Mainstream Boys. Yeah, with a Z. Get your popcorn ready, crack open a nice cold cherry coke, and sit back and relax as Jonathan and Spencer break down the latest mainstream movies and TV shows of the month. Mine. This month we got another great lineup for you. Hellraiser, Halloween Ends, All Quiet on the Western Front, Amsterdam, Black Adam, Terrifier 2, and her final thoughts on She-Hulk and House of the Dragon. Do you even know where cheese comes from? Because I think we should have a, a baseline of knowledge when it comes to cheese. That no, no, no. cheese doesn't but come like, from a plant. You know that tree that like Red's, that Red tells him to go to in Shawshank Redemption? And he like, there's that box? Yes. And then like, you yes. pull it out it's and you open it up. Tree. And it's just like a no big one. wheel of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Everything like, has it some always sort has of to, reference it to it a always, Yeah, movie. it always opens up with a movie reference somehow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's like Jack's on the door, then cut, and then it cut back to the door, and it's just a wheel of cheese. Yep, yep. On the door. Yeah. I'm going to steal a decoration of cheddar cheese. cheese. Cast. <laughs> <laughs> so, that sounds pretty good. Then it would cross over, and yeah. Hmm. But then we can, we can interview, like, professionals, like, professional cheese people on, like, why the cheese is the way it is. I mean, what, what, where it gets its flavor from. Uh, right, right. what kinds of foods it's good with and then like even do like a taste test like i think we would need a whole rating system that's based on cheese so like not like oh i'll give this five wheels i'll give this like but like i don't think we can confuse it as in like our, we can't go like our favorite cheese like a five out of five can't be like uh like cheddar cheese or well provolone. like i give this a provolone it doesn't make much sense because then people will be confused if that's where you're leaning, I don't know. I mean, I guess it kind of was, but I didn't really flesh out the idea fully when I said it. Try right. to apologize for in advance, but I. Well, I mean, it's important to flesh out these ideas when we're talking about cheesecast, but yeah. Yeah, but uh, anyways, yeah. So this is uh, a different podcast, entirely different. We're not here to talk about cheese, unfortunately, but this is Mainstream Boys, the monthly show where Spencer and I get together. Oh, Mainstream Boys with a Z. Oh, don't forget. Yeah, with the Z, 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 Z. But uh, yeah, we get together every single month, talk about the mainstream movies and TV shows that we watched over the past month. This month being uh, October, recording here on November 2nd here. Um, but yeah, we have a lot of movies, lots of movies that we watched, and not so much TV. But I think it'll be plenty to go over uh, to fill the runtime here this episode. Don't you think there, Buckaroo Ducky? Yes, for sure, because we're now kind of transitioning to some more like awards caliber films. We're now kind of entering award season and transitioning out of like the summer blockbusters. But October still has those, uh, you know, blockbusters they like to throw in every now and then to see. And September was just such a dry month for movies. Like nothing came out of the box office. They they deliberately left like six weeks completely open from like. I can't even uh, remember what I saw. I look at my AMC like. Uh, yeah like here. don't worry darling was a big release barbarian became a big release but like it wasn't there wasn't like any big release like october had black adam like that was a huge release obviously that like was anticipated if, um if you want to call it or, like it had halloween ends like it had some more high caliber films or not really high caliber but just it had more like of a movies that you would think would make a lot of money at the box office um, for sure and, i mean yeah i saw two movies in september in theaters and both of them were small horror films pearl and barbarian I saw two movies in the theaters. 
Avatar probably released in September, so that probably counts, but I saw it in October. Oh, yeah, you saw it based off our last podcast. Correct. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Good. Yep. Um, but, yeah, no, it was kind of like a mix of like horror movies and also just a mix of some awards-caliber films. Um, so, yeah, mainly films this, this month. Uh, and then I think we will just do like a little brief season one thoughts on the House of the Dragon because we both watched all of that. And uh, It already you know, feels like so long ago now. It does feel like finished, a long time ago. But... I guess like a week or two ago at this point crazy yeah. i know i'm sad it's over um because they did leave you on quite the cliffhanger um, season two hasn't they... even begun filming yet either so it's gonna be dude a long it's not, time. i don't that's another i don't even want to think about that because i know that like i realized it got green lit like after episode one premiered and you know people were watching them simultaneously in neighboring apartments and uh it was just crazy to the the reception that it got right away that uh people still love game of thrones so um it, it came to, as no surprise to me but it's still going to take them two probably two years to even consider releasing this i think yeah and and they they also recently cha- uh, changed out the showrunner uh and i think they're writing it right now and they haven't begun filming so it'll it'll be a while for sure probably 2020 you don't think they have it written yet 4 or 5 i'm sure there's like scripts that exist but I'm sure they're yeah. still developing it. Um, yeah, I will say, before we get into the movies we watched this month, um, if you do want to check out our past Spooktober episodes that we've released over the month of October, uh, we released an episode on Insidious and The Visit. So uh, feel free to check those out. Um, I did watch Ouija Origin of Evil, and then Spencer got sick, so he lost his voice, was unable to host the show, um, which is nothing without Ducky, so we just chose not to do it. Sorry. So sorry. <laughs> sorry. I mean, it's a solid film. It's pretty spooky, but I, I think the other two movies are superior that we uh, talked about. So Absolutely. those are those are out yes. there. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna go ahead and get started with uh, some horror films, which there were a lot this month that we checked out streaming. And uh, did you see any of these in theaters? I think you no. at least saw one. Did you see Terrifier no. in theaters? No. No. Oh yes. Okay. I did. You did. Okay. Uh, let's start with Hellraiser. I didn't watch it. I think last episode I was like, I'll watch that. Didn't watch it. So why don't you convince me to watch it or not watch it? Um, I don't know if I even need to do that. Uh, but just like if you okay. had an interest in it, you would have already checked it out. Um, nope, none. Yeah, none exactly. He scares me I... too much to watch the movie. I'm not. What, that Pinhead? is literally why You're... I don't like. How <laughs> it it makes me uncomfortable. I don't know. I don't like how he looks, and I know nothing else about Pinhead other than that. And because of that, and because you just are not a fan of gore or any of that type of stuff, um, and I'm you weird. saw the original Hellraiser, we did a Spooktober episode on that last year, and that's like a very gory yep. 80s horror film that's super disturbing and very I don't remember anything graphic. about it. Nothing. I know I watched it, because we talked it's, about it, but yeah, I don't... Well, it's that woman that like keeps this like skeleton in her attic and she keeps bringing guys back so he like feeds on them and then as he feeds on them he re- gets he regenerates more into like a person uh and then what? that okay did yeah, i watch well, this maybe not i don't know we have an episode on it <laughs> i'll go to the episode and see if i end, if i'm actually talking about the sh- uh, the movie or not well <laughs> regardless uh director david bruckner who has his own films like the night house and he did a netflix film called the ritual oh, that i think that's right. um, we all saw and we really liked uh, yep. He just all of a sudden got green light to make this like remake of Hellraiser, and it was going to be in a different tone. It was going to be a different type of story. So I was really interested to check it out. And for the majority of the movie, it's pretty slow. 
it really kind of takes its time to set up the characters. Uh, and then the last act is really when it dives into the movie that you really want it to be, which is just like crazy, weird sets and practical effects and gore. It was really cool. It just, I think it, it, it took too long to get there. But yeah, regardless, I mean, David Bruckner, I mean, you saw The Night House and you saw how creative he is in terms of like some of the jump scares that he's able to craft. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I, I liked what he did with that movie a lot. I mean, he, he builds tension well, and it was it was more psychological. I don't know if that translated to And that's Hellraiser. what this movie does so well, is, yeah, it's very psychological. It's very creepy in terms of, like, how the – they're call, I forget what they're called. The M, I don't know what they're called. But, like, these, like, the dead people that, like, are all, like, weird creature forms and stuff like that. And they just come from hell, basically. Uh, they are Hellraiser. all so, – Exactly. They're all so fucking cool and so well done. Uh, so I think that's worth checking out in and of itself. The movie's like a little over two hours, I think. So it does. Ooh. The runtime is definitely there. Um, but for the most part, I thought this one was a solid watch. It was it was a good it's very different from the original. So if you liked the original Hellraiser or even if you didn't, this one actually might have some more to offer. Uh, and if they make a sequel, I think they can finally dive in and make it like a really, really cool movie. So, I mean, I guess I could get this one out of the way. Uh, Abandoned. I this from the director of nothing I've ever heard of. Um, <laughs> I guess actually, did he direct? He directed an episode of Dahmer. Actually, hmm. Okay. His name is uh, Spencer Squire. It's a cute name. Okay, I like that name. Okay. Really, really uppity haircut. Yeah. Anyways, it's a it's a I guess kind of psychological thriller. Um, Emma Roberts and her husband, played by uh, John Gallagher Jr. Oh, that's her husband. Okay. Well, her husband in the movie. I don't think it's her real life husband. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think it's. I. I I don't know if she's even married in real life. But um, yeah, he's he plays her husband in the movie. They have like a newborn baby, um, and she has like depression. Like, there's a name for it, but it's, like, if you develop depression, like, after you have a child or something, there's a name Postpartum depression. Is that what it... That... Okay. I thought that was something else, but that does sound right. Anyway, uh, she has that. She thought that the kid was going to kind of cure it, but it actually made it worse. They move into this house that has this, like, creepy history of, like, these double murders, suicide going down. And then she kind of just, like, starts to see shit in the house. And, like, she was pretty good. The movie was just wicked slow, and it... There wasn't, like, enough scary elements to really keep me intrigued by it. Um, the kid was, like, she she was, like, genuinely just, like, annoyed by her kid. Like, it cried throughout the whole movie, like, just, just to kind of make the viewer uncomfortable as well. And then I actually kind of, like, got on my nerves a little bit. Um, her husband, it, it Yeah, it didn't, it didn't help the movie at all. Um, and I think her husband, he had this, like really weird job in the movie where like he would leave her home alone which was bad for her character because she, it's not good to be alone when you're like really clinically depressed and stuff um but he would go and like go to these nearby farms and like work with pigs <laughs> it was really okay. weird and yeah i don't know it made no sense like they never really explained why that's his job in the movie it, it was just a kind of weird I give it like two out of five. Not Do you need really help recommend. watching movies? Do you need help picking out movies some nights? Because you're more than welcome to reach out and ask. <laughs> I do. I, here's the thing. I think I was between this and 
oh, I was going to watch, like, Blonde or something. Like, just something mm. okay. just to knock it off the list, you know? But I was like, oh, Emma Roberts. This will be fine. Yeah. No, I was just depressed the whole time. So Because there's so many movies that are out right now that are really, really good. But, like, they I'm just sure. people don't know about. <laughs> but, I mean, because I follow movies so closely, like, I would definitely like, tell you about them like, like when you randomly said that message like and we'll talk about it i'm sure uh when you're like oh yeah gonna go see pray for the devil <laughs> I like, i'm actually fucking i know kidding? i know what I but there's dude, so many movies out right now but okay go sure <laughs> pray um, for to the be devil. fair my options were that or till didn't want to see till because of no the you should have gone and seen the triangle of sadness which is a movie that i will happily talk about right now because okay, it's one that i it. just recently watched. i know of it i know of it this it looks is the cool. palm palm door winner which is a prestigious film festival and uh, it's a Cannes film festival that usually is like they do like prizes at the end and the palm door winner is usually a big deal that kind of can go on to get the Oscar nominations, uh, you know, never know. But it stays in the conversation for a while in the Triangle of Sadness, or I think it's just called Triangle of Sadness, uh, that won yes. this past year. It is directed by Ruben uh, Osgood, I think, or something like that. Uh, Ruben Ostlund. Ostlund. Like a, looks, okay, uh, thank you. German or something. He directed a film called Force Majeure, which I'm sure you've heard about. Uh, it's like that uh, movie about the movie? skiing avalanche. Yep, exactly. The father abandoned yeah. the family, and then it turned out to be like a drill, and the whole family has to deal with the dad's consequences of leaving the family throughout the rest of the movie. Uh, so it's kind of like a satire. Then he did another movie called uh, The Square, which also won the Palm Door, which mm. I heard was good. Never saw it. Then he did Triangle of Sadness, and dude, it's really, really good, but. I think you need to see this movie because the movie is broken up into kind of three distinct chapters and it follows a couple that are like social media models, basically. And okay. uh, the first act of the film is about 30 minutes or so. And it's literally just the couple, them arguing about who's going to pay the bill. And it's, <laughs> exactly what you went through like two months ago oh my. on a date and it's literally like this Don't like the waiter me. puts the bill the bill down and the guy doesn't do anything looks up and the girl just smiles and says thank you and looks back at her phone and then they just get into an argument for literally 30 minutes of the movie and i like this movie because it pushes the audience's comfort zone and comfort level so hard because they literally break it down for 30 minutes about why the guy shouldn't have to pay. She makes more money, blah, blah, blah. She invited him out. And then it goes back to like the apartment, like the elevator door keeps closing. He keeps putting the hand out. He's like, no, no, no. And it's literally like the stupidest thing they're arguing about, but it keeps going for so long. And it's really funny. But Damn, the movie okay. in and of itself is the most scathing satire I've ever seen about the 1% about the wealthy it literally is just how the wealthy the rich offer nothing to society you take away their money they offer nothing they contribute nothing they are worthless and it's so fucking scathing in the depiction of them to the point where it literally will just show them suffering like there's a shot in this movie that i will never ever forget in my life (laughs) <laughs> it has to do with an old lady vomiting and shitting at the same time, explosive, like Francis McDormand style in Nomadland, but worse. Thousand times worse because they're on a boat <laughs> and it's okay. during the storm and they're all really seasick. And she's literally on nice. the toilet just 
exploding out of both ends cuts back to like a different shot cuts back to her she's on the ground and all of the fecal matter and and throw up and just rolling side to side and dude i was screaming in the theater i was like are you fucking kidding me it's going this far you will never ever expect where it goes in the third chapter it it becomes like a whole different movie and i was just in awe of the presentation of how this movie exists and how it was greenlit and it and how it works it it shouldn't work but it does and it's like i it's not for everybody like i could not recommend this movie to any of the casual moviegoers like you have to have a very dark sense of humor and you need to kind of be okay with movies just letting scenes play out for an uncomfortable length but uh it's one that i'm never gonna forget for a while so yeah, triangle well, of sadness. I mean, I could literally go see it at seven fifteen. It's five forty five right now. It's it's just because it's a theater that's further away, and I hate driving there. But it, it it is there. But there's no reclining seats, so gotcha. That's an that's a personal issue for me at this point. One that you can definitely skip is Mr. Harrigan's phone. Yeah, uh, I it's, I saw the poster for that, and I'm like, yep, next. It's uh, what's his name? I forget the the Jaden Jaden Martell. Yeah, yeah. It's like him, like his ear was pressed to the ground of a grave, and like it was like dirt, and like a phone was buried underneath there. If like, you were to take a wild guess about <laughs> what this movie is about, what do you think it's about? <laughs> You're pretty, uh, usually pretty good at this. <laughs> some dead person is calling. He doesn't know why, and he needs to figure it out. But I know it's based on like a Stephen King. It's a Stephen. Yeah, it's a Stephen book King or short story short or story. something. Short story. Um, but these days, that's not enough to get me to. Dude, because there's so many of those there's, fucking exactly. movies now. There's like, there's so there's many. Like, how many Stephen King short stories slash you know books are have been made into something like a TV movie? Like fifty, sixty at this point. Like, well, yeah, but I mean, he's got he's got the name thing, brand but... now behind. Just like if if Stephen King, the name is on anything, then people will watch it or read it or check it out. I mean, he's got that. That power That's exactly why name. this movie got got greenlit. I mean, it's literally just uh, Donald Sutherland is an old dude, and uh, Jada Martell is kind of just like this quiet kid. And for some reason, I don't know how he gets into it, but he goes over to his house and he just like the the first like forty minutes of this movie is just him talking to Donald Sutherland, like reading him like stories and books and stuff. And then Donald Sutherland dies. Oh no! The last scene before he dies, he gives him an iPhone 3GS. Like this movie is basically a commercial for Apple. Like when the, when the iPhone came but out, a 3GS? is when this the 3GS. Like when this movie takes place is like 2007, or 8. Okay. Yeah. So like the iPhone just came out. There's like a clique of kids at the at the high school that have like iPhones, and then there's like the Samsung kids, and then like th- that's what they perceive high school as. As people are split up based on what phone they have. In this movie, it's fucking stupid. And then uh, Jaden Martell's character, what's his name in the movie? Uh, not that it matters. Craig. That's stupid. Um, <laughs> Craig. Uh, he, yeah, I don't remember how he gets the money, but he buys Donald Sutherland on a phone because he's an old guy. He's never really seen it before. Um, he dies, and he buries him with the phone. And then afterwards, he's, like, getting texts from Donald Sutherland. And then it's, like, a little creepy. And he's like, gets texts from him after he gets buried. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I genuinely, I, I tuned out probably an hour in. I was like, this is dumb. It was my mom's choice to watch it. Um, okay. And I, and I told <laughs> blame, her, blame, like, this is blame probably going to be bad. <laughs> like it, it, I, yeah, but I, I mean, it's from director John Lee Hancock. And I mean, that doesn't say much, but he has done 
a couple of movies that were good, like The Blind Side. He did he Saving Mr. Side. Banks. That's pretty good. He did The Founder, which is okay. And he did The Little Things, which, you know, we have an episode. <laughs> the, little uh, things, the Little Things. 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 So, I mean, he's he's got some movies under his belt that are 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 relatively good. Um, but, yeah, I mean. This was just so just boring, dude. Look. Yeah. It's, I mean, how it, long it just is this? looks like what what – what can you do with that premise that one hasn't been done Nothing. already, and two that is interesting, and it didn't seem like uh, <laughs> Mr. Harrigan's phone was the answer to that, so uh, I, I skipped it. So yeah, that this is a this is a full skip for me. Full stop. Don't watch this movie. It's it's just it, it'll bore you to, to death. Just like uh, I'm sure that's what happened to Donald Sutherland on set when his character died. It's just it's it's brutally boring. I sat here in a yoga bow and I couldn't have been more uncomfortable the whole time. So uh, all right. Um, <laughs> just well, don't check it out <laughs> another movie that you you can check out if you want to but you don't need to is the good nurse almost click uh, play actually it was either that or abandoned with emma roberts that was my i was weighing those two options honestly you probably should have gone with the good nurse at that point um okay i understand it's spooky season uh and emma roberts mm-hmm. you know but you know jessica chastain she's she's pleasant on the eyes too um yeah, uh, not so more pleasant, honestly. This one, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, this one, I I didn't have really much interest in. I just knew that it was one of those films. It's a true that story, right? The, it is a true story, and yep. it premiered at the Toronto uh, Film Festival. And the reaction out of that was, okay, the performances are fantastic. Uh, Eddie Redmayne and Jessica Chastain. It's basically yeah, it's a true story about. Uh, these two nurses played by Jessica Chastain and Eddie Redmayne and they become friends uh, when Eddie Redmayne kind of goes into this new hospital but patients start dying under his watch and they start to investigate it then they look into his past and they see that like other hospitals have covered up previous things about him and it just comes really it's really confusing I mean he's straight up he's putting insulin in people's IV bags and letting that slowly get into their system over the course of like a day or eight hours and then it kills slowly killing and it's like a a way to like not really trace it back but they were able to trace it back obviously um it's just kind of it's kind of just a character study on this guy who is relatively normal like with his co-workers and he has he's like has an ex-wife and his kids but he has this weird thing where he just is interested in killing people (laughs) but like in the performances are really good uh it's just such a weird story and the fact that it is true and this guy really exists and did this it it definitely is just like a it's not a movie you really want to watch on a friday night (laughs) it's that's where i was at dude i was i think i saw the premise i think i watched the trailer and i was like oof. yeah Two hours long. I'm like, I don't know if I want to put myself through that right now. But, like, the performances are good. It is well-directed. You do feel the tension in certain scenes, especially when, like, she's wearing a wire and is trying to, like, get him to confess. Like, I mean, there are some Hmm. good scenes in the film. It's just not a – it's just the the subject matter is just so heavy and so dark and just – there's no light here. (laughs) So it's it's not really a movie that you can – easily recommend other than just like if you want to watch really good performances and you are kind of following the awards season this one might pop up but mainly just for awards i bet 
All right. Well, I guess I'll get into the Pray for the Devil. I mean, God, there's so many movies back and forth here. Um, Pray for the Devil. I'm going to load up the IMDb because I can't name the actress in it. Oh, oh, actually, um, there was one actor I was like, why is he in this movie? Um, so you just randomly decided, you know what? It's Friday night. It's it's late October. I'm going to I'm going to go support some religious propaganda. Here's the thing, Catholic, and I Catholic Church propaganda. That's I, I guess you could say that's kind of what this movie is. But um sure. It's uh I saw the trailer and when I saw the trailer, I think it was in front of like Black Adam or something like that. Um and I was like there's no way I'm going to go see this movie. This looks horrible. I have no interest in movies that really revolve around this type of subject matter like like possession catholic church it literally takes place like at the vatican for the most part i think the trailer played in front of pearl for me and i was just like this it just reminded me of those like terrible mid 2010s horror films that were released every halloween or every january 1st no matter what it just reminded me of that like instantly so when you when you sent that poster to the chat we're like gonna be a good one tonight i i was so like what dude is, is he okay <laughs> like, dude this what? is uh yeah i, I knew that's how you guys really were good. gonna see it so it wasn't bad yeah. it really wasn't bad and i'll tell you why it's because this movie is like i would say this is the ender game ender's game of possession films because it's basically just training the whole time like they're at this vatican school and at the time when this took place, I guess, I don't know if this is, like, how it actually was, but, like, only men, like, male priests are allowed to perform exorcisms. But this woman, who her name in the movie is Sister Anne, I guess, uh, played by Jacqueline Byers. Never heard of her. Oh, she was in Timeless, which is a NBC TV show that I liked. Um, uh, she plays, like, a basically a, a nun that wants to perform exorcism. She has some special ability about her because her mom was actually possessed when she was a kid and would like abuse her and all this stuff. But it basically the whole movie is just then like learning how to perform exorcisms. And it was actually like pretty interesting and kind of awesome. Like I, but it was just subject matter that I, I didn't care about, but the movie made me care. Like it wasn't like jump scare, like just boring bullshit. It was actually like, a pretty interesting movie. I actually really loved her character and kind of like how she went about it. The title is super off-putting, Pray for the Devil. No interest, right? But it it just it kind of worked. Like it really did work. It has a 5.3 on IMDb. What does this have on Rotten Tomatoes is the question. I don't That's what I'm trying to find right now. I I think it has like a 20%. Come on. 19%. 19% Rotten Tomatoes. What's the audience? Audience is a 68%. See, then I then I think that's where I'm at there. I think it's mm-hmm. I do think it's a serviceable film. I was I ex- I expected it to be horrible, but I was actually really interested in what it was trying to do because I've never seen an exorcist or an exorcism movie kind of done in this context and just how they went about it. So it kind of worked. I didn't mind the characters and uh yeah, it's not horrible because I expected nothing. So I think I gave this like a three and a half out of five. So maybe Pray for the Devil was just a subject or a victim of horrible marketing from the studio. Um, oh, yeah. But, I mean, the the 19% and the 5.3, I mean, that doesn't bode too, too well uh, to back up your claims here. But, you know, if you had a good time, <laughs> that's all that matters. Uh, no, because 66, that's like, that's like a 3 out of 5. 
A 68% on Rotten Tomatoes for this movie, uh, I am actually surprised by. I was on, I was kind of expecting it to be like in the 40s or 50s because, yeah, when you have these types of movies, their, their audience score is pretty similar to the critics. Uh, but no, I mean, yeah, 68%, it's, it's, it's fresh on the Rotten Tomatoes uh, audience score for sure. And that's all The Rock cares about with Black Adam, so. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so, I'm like, of course he would post that. He's like, hey, I do this for you guys. It's not about the critics. I'm like, yeah. okay. 90% okay. Giant fucking letters, and then not very, very, very tiny, really tiny. audience score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I audience love score. it. He... Like, biggest, best audience score since 2008's The Dark Knight. I Is did that really it for what the it fans. Says. That's <laughs> funny, dude. If you want uh, someone to promote your movie, I think you want to have The Rock because I mean, he's always smiling. I mean, he'll promote it, but it doesn't always transition to box office sales. However, I mean, Black Adam did pretty well. You want to just talk about Black Adam? Then we can talk about ones we've seen together. Yeah. Is that another movie you haven't? Se- yeah, you didn't see Black I'm Adam. I'm not seeing it, dude. I'm not going to see. I have. I have zero interest i think i was thinking maybe i have one percent i think i have zero interest in this movie come on it's the rock you've met him you shook his hand i think maybe i don't care it it just it doesn't it doesn't fucking matter i don't i am so just over like nothing but blue screen cgi massive destruction superhero destruction smoke cringy one-liners stupid character development and just side characters on stupid missions that make no sense and just two hours bloated feel and just movies that don't feel completely feel like they're, they're setting up for other future movies that may or may not come out i'm just fucking done with with superhero movies that are like this i just i get it i get it i fully understand where what, you're coming if black from. adam is different from what i just described i will watch it when it comes to hbo max but i mean if it pretty much is that then no interest. <laughs> I'm trying. It has a 7.1 on IMDb. I think you need to factor that in. This oh, movie don't is forget better. It has a 90% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. And it, it is an audience pleaser because the characters in this movie are actually pretty sweet. Pretty enjoyable. Just like they, they don't need a ton of backstory. They're enjoyable. Just like just just on screen, everything that comes out of their mouths, I didn't mind. Uh, the Rock actually is probably... <laughs> the worst part of the movie i mean i just not not that that he was bad but like he's exactly what i expected he's just a big buff dude to be black adam and he hardly has any lines in the movie for the most part it really doesn't honestly probably for the best thing (laughs) yeah it literally is because you know you find out pretty early on that he's just like this ancient being that got reawakened in some tomb and this and that um he's literally just like the bad version of shazam kind of right like he when he get, when he becomes Black Adam he says Shazam it's the same thing but dude Pierce Brosnan made me want to made me love this movie not love it but like it a lot more than I expected his character I was could, so I could enjoyable. get to zero point five percent because of Pierce Brosnan and yeah I, for sure because I expect nothing from Pierce Brosnan but his character was <sighs> like no I I don't. The last movie I saw him in was The November Man. That's the very last <laughs> review we ever put out was The November Man. And I'm pretty sure we ripped on it, like, heavily. Like, I don't think we said anything good about Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> but he yeah. was good. Like, he was okay in this movie. Um, who's the guy who plays Hawkman? Because I was actually like, oh, Hawkman's in this? Or- Here's the thing. What they... The, the Rock promoted this movie, and I've never seen this done before. The Rock promoted this movie solely on... Stay for that post credit scene. Stay for that post credit scene. 
Like, oh, yeah, Black Adam, mm, but that post credit scene, right? Yeah, because it, he literally announced on Jimmy Fallon, like, three days before it came out, how he got Superman back for, for Black Adam. It's just like, okay, what? Uh, so that setup, sure. Like, that'd be great. I, I'm so happy that that was the best thing that come out of Black Adam, I think, was that news cycle of Henry Cavill is officially back. He's going to be Superman in no, the No longer on DC The Witcher. Films. No longer on that Netflix show anymore. He's back as Superman, where he honestly belongs. I I, I love him as Superman. Um, we never got that Man of Steel two that I think we all like should have gotten. Oh, yeah. So well, it's technically it was Batman well, we got, and Superman. We got but, the, we got yeah. the the movies of just let's throw everything together and blow it up and what I just fucking ranted about. So yeah, that's what yeah, DC's it, done, and this is DC trying to save their ass. That's basically what this movie is. Yeah, and they I think do the just, same just, thing with Black Adam, <laughs> but save for that post credit scene. Yeah, that, that's. I mean, that's what every superhero movie is now. Is stay for the post credits scene. This is what we're going to do next. Um, yeah. And I, I don't. I just. I don't think the Rock as Black Adam can hold a can, candle to Henry Cavill. I mean, they both have similar powers, but they have Henry star, Cavill they is both just have this the star power though. They're like, yeah, like, that's true. Shit. And they have that like, I don't know. <sighs> they have the star power, but they don't have the acting talent. Like I like I'm saying, the Rock doesn't have the same acting talent as Henry Cavill does. It's just the Rock is just a vessel, a big, a big bulky vessel to be in a superhero costume. When Henry Cavill is like, he is Superman. Yeah, but then again, like I also don't think I also don't think that Henry Cavill is is the greatest actor in the world either. <laughs> but, no, I don't think he is uh, either. But for if anybody in, in this day and age to play Superman, I mean Henry Cavill is that guy. Yeah, I'm happy they're not going to so. just recast Superman, and I'm glad that he's back. So. I'd say watch it just for the laughs. I think I think there are some really good like funny moments in this movie. Like like Black Adam is he's a very reserved character. Like he doesn't he's never has a smile on his face, but he does some like really funny things. Like Pierce Brosnan is like, oh, don't kill because Black Black Adam kills everybody. Like he probably kills like a hundred people in this movie, <laughs> and he'll just he'll just take a guard and just fling him into the air. And like uh, Pierce Brosnan's character can kind of just like manifest himself out of nowhere. And he's like, "Hey, wait! Uh, don't make sure you don't kill that guy. I want to get some information out of him." And then the dude's like falling out of the sky and smashed on the ground. He's like, "He didn't make it." Like, there's some funny moments like that where I think it's it'll it's a two hour film, but just sit down, turn your brain off, and enjoy yourself. That's all I'm saying. Have we spent too much time on Black Adam? Maybe, probably. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that didn't make you want to watch it. Nah, you're you're no. too. That the, the, you just described a, a comedic moment that makes me not even want to watch the movie even more so. So uh, I tried. Yeah, I, I, I ruined it then. My bad. Yeah. Well. Um. So yeah. Hard you're pass too mature for, me. for that for Black Adam. I think I wouldn't even say I'm too mature. I, I might even be too immature for it. <laughs> I just I don't know. I just not for me anymore. It's one of those movies I showed up late to and it, I didn't miss anything. Because instead of seeing Black Adam, I went and saw Terrifier 2. Mm-hmm. Because that movie has caught fire on the internet. Uh, if you are a horror fan, you probably haven't been able to go online without hearing something about this movie existing. And it's everywhere right now. Making people throw up and, and, and puke and, and just like, ambulances are called. And it, it's shocking horror audiences like no other. And ugh, crazy amount of fucking hype. Um <clears throat> What is this movie, Spencer? I have no idea what this is about because I have no interest in knowing it's about because it looks scary and make, would make me very uncomfortable throughout the entire runtime. So I haven't watched it or researched it in any way. 
the whole thing about this movie is the fact that it was made on a budget of $250,000. It was a wow. kind of like an Indiegogo Kickstarter film uh, that people got to donate and back. And they just set out to make the most brutal, vile horror movie possible and just have the most insane kills and like throw it back to horror movies that came out in like the in the 80s that were very graphic and violent and kind of b movie and 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 didn't take Hmm. itself too seriously it had fun with the genre and um that's what this movie was going for and i saw the first one because the terrifier 2 came it was just catching the internet by storm so i watched the first one a couple weeks ago hated it thought it was fucking awful gave it like a one out of five it was just Dang. Not for okay. me. I thought it was I, it looked it looked like a student film that like we would have done in college but just with gory effects and acting that was probably worse than our friends that we had in our short films. Uh so like, okay. I was just like okay, not for me. This is just why even bother with Terrifier 2, but Nate was just he came down and he was insistent like Terrifier 2, we're seeing it. I'm like, "All right, and also, like, I wanted to see for myself, like, is this movie really, like, what people are saying it is? And in my opinion, no. Honestly, it felt oh. pretty tame compared to that one scene in Terrifier 1 that I think you watched uh, through the podcast. Uh, oh. Oh, that, my that, God. There's no, no scene you. in Terrifier 2 that matches that. So, I but wanted the, to what, puke. But what this movie, I think, did really well is it actually set up a protagonist uh, this female uh, character who was um, amazing in the movie. Uh, her name is Lauren Lauren something. Sorry, I don't know. I don't have the IMDb thing in front of me. Uh, but she's like a martial artist, and she was like a she was a stunt double for Anya Taylor Joy in Split. Um, she looks kind of similar to Anya Taylor Joy, just maybe a little more muscular. Uh, um, Lauren Lavera, by the way, she yes, does kind of look like her, but with dark hair. Yeah, she I can see that. like is a a movie star. And what she was able to do with this movie and, and her role and and where they went with this movie, like I was like th- I was actually like getting into it and uh, getting into like her, her story and her character. And then finally, like when it, she's interacting with the, the terrifier clown, Art the Clown, you care a little bit and like you get invested and you, you're actually like rooting and kind of cheering with the movie. So and, and the movie, it was packed too. a lot of people were there Um so, so like it's it really fun... caught on then. It's yeah, it's really like, caught some caught some fire. Yeah, so it was a two hundred fifty thousand dollar movie that made like twelve million dollars. Wow. Like it's one of the biggest highly profitable films probably in the last like, I don't know, ten years or something. It made so much money based on that two hundred and fifty thousand production budget. So mm-hmm. like in terms of like sh- like uh, indie films and supporting that, like I for sure, like it was it was great and it, it was a fun experience. It was a fun theater experience. After the movie, they played like a, a behind the scenes like featurette that they never do. Like it was just kind of like one of those like special That's event cool. type of showings. Yeah, and there's a couple of very very gross out violent scenes, sure, but it's not like a movie where it's taking itself seriously. So you can kind of just like sit back and like, all right, it's just camp. Like it's just cheesy camp it's people having fun making a movie so for that aspect i actually really enjoyed it and same with like the, the lauren the very character without her i don't know if i would have enjoyed the movie as much so it got to fresh bro it got to fresh for me three out of five I, three out of five I, okay it was it was a, it was a solid watch it's way too fucking long it's two hours and 20 minutes dude that's insane 
That's no, an insane it, run it, time. It should have been hour 50, 40. Like, it, it just... It went on forever. <laughs> but, is it for the? Uh, is it just to have more kills, or like are they developing the characters? Honestly, more with no. That they time? just they just kind of kept developing characters, and there was okay. one. Okay, so like there is a certain thing in, in this world where characters just take forever to die. Like they take <laughs> okay. forever yeah. to die, so it just gives Art the Clown more time to just do crazier things. Like like he literally scalped a girl at one point cut off her arm shoved it down her throat or something and then like left the scene and she was still okay. like crawling and he came back with like vinegar and salt and was all like happy and just started pouring it on her and just it was like what the fuck Jesus is Christ. this it's so stupid, <laughs> who thinks of but, this like, shit is really what that comes down to like what the yeah. fuck but yeah it was fun it was it was stupid and fun but yeah um i think there's one other movie i watched that you haven't seen yeah and it is uh amsterdam yeah, another movie I had just no interest in. Besides the star-studded cast and David O. Russell behind it. That's the thing, David O. Russell, right? I, I was like, oh my god, he hasn't come out with a movie since, obviously, I think it was American Hustle was the last movie in 2013. That was forever that ago. Was like, seriously the last? No, he did Joy. He did Joy with, with Jennifer oh, Lawrence in 2016 okay. well, or 15. Which 2015. Wasn't, Even wasn't then, I mean, it's still seven good. years ago. It was about the inventor of, like, the the miracle mop or whatever that thing it's fucking or... stupid is what it was um <laughs> <laughs> it's like i don't even know what to tell you uh that was a, that was i mean it was oh it was good but it was just why jennifer I, lawrence was good i just yeah i mean that, thinking about the movie she's been in all of his movies except amsterdam actually um but yeah he hasn't come out with a movie for seven years and he came out with amsterdam which has again a star-studded cast christian bale John David Washington and uh, Margot Robbie and like Mike Myers in this movie. Chris Rock is in it. Remy Malek is in it. Robert De Niro's in it. Taylor Swift's in it. Michael Shannon's in it. Yeah, it has a whole bunch of people. In Anya Taylor Joy's in it. Oh my god. Um, she she is a total plays a very mean character in this movie. She's very mean to Margot Robbie. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I I think the movie goes on too long. It's two hours and fourteen minutes. Takes place in the nineteen thirties. These people kind of get together. What do they even do in this movie? They're just friends. Like, they're getting drunk in Amsterdam, and then kind of, like, they part ways. John David Washington is, like, a lawyer or a doctor. No, he's a lawyer, and then uh, Christian Bale's, like, a doctor character. And somehow they get involved in this thing where Taylor Swift's character gets thrown under a car. <laughs> Taylor Swift, it, it's the funniest part of the movie, and I kind of wish it, like, revolved around this more. But it just out of nowhere, some guy just comes out of nowhere and pushes her in front right of no car so she gets run th- over. that weekend when amsterdam <laughs> came out uh that clip went everywhere online did it like, really? i saw okay, that I clip and i was like what, what's all? this like it was just some <laughs> low quality like in theater like phone camera i'm like what is this and then obviously oh it's amsterdam you, you saw that like christian bale and john david washington like run after yeah, her or something like, oh, shit. yeah yeah so uh, when i saw that but like yeah the, the, it looked horrible just like the f- obvious fake like cowboy switch of like the double the, like, the the fake ragdoll they threw in front of the car like it just looks so stupid but yeah uh what i heard about this movie was there are there's a certain story that's interesting but the movie just keeps going away from it and it keeps going down like different side rabbit holes yes. that just are not interesting or engaging and then when it finally does wrap up, it just, like, doesn't – you don't give a shit. Um, so that's what I heard about Surely, it. dude. It's been a while since I saw it. I think the marketing of this movie is, oh, look how many awesome, like, A-list actors we got in the movie. And Taylor yeah. Swift for some reason. Like, that that's the marketing. Um, right. Like, there's a lot of people that are just underused. Michael Shannon, Mike Myers, for example, completely underused. 
I think that the the main three are just awesome. Like the, those three together, it worked. I thought it was great. Margot Robbie and John David Washington are, are like in a relationship, and then Christian Bale is kind of like the third wheel, but like the really good friend that kind of just works with them. Um, so I think that like the camaraderie, the character development between those characters, it's really good and enjoyable. Um, but in terms of the story, it just it was kind of all over the place. There were it kind of kept jumping around, and it kind of just like took away from the actual part of the movie that I was enjoying with those three. Like it would just go to some random shit that I didn't care about. I don't know. It, it wasn't very satisfying. I think when all said and done, so David O. Russell just trying to do too much, in my opinion, yeah. for this for this film. But I don't think it was bad. I just think it was a little bit discombobulated. Which I think is a good sure. way to describe this movie. Um, I go like. I, I guess two and a half out of five. I don't know what I gave it on Letterbox, but that's kind of what it feels like now because I haven't thought about this movie in weeks. Yeah, no, it, it did not have good word of mouth before it released from like the early screenings, and then the critics, yeah, gave it like a twenty something. So I was excited to see this too. Just, I mean, David O. Russell hasn't come out with a movie in seven years. Cast, obviously, this sounds great, but yeah, no, yeah, didn't really stick the landing or really take off to begin with. I don't. I don't think this gets any Oscar love. I think it just kind of slips under the rug, and so you probably don't need to check it out. I mean, before you make your selection with AMC A list, just like send a text. Be like, I can see everything any, though. I might as well go see any, everything. anything else. But like anything else that might be worth it instead. <laughs> be like, oh, wait a second. Let's see here. But no, at the time, I think Amsterdam was like the kind of like the only one that was releasing, and obviously it had that star power and. And another film that I think is going to be absent at the awards this year is Halloween Ends. <laughs> wow. Is this the one movie that we... Dude. Oh, no, there's two that we both watched. Um, I didn't realize you watched that second one that we'll get into. But uh, yeah, Halloween I Ends. I was looking forward to this. I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't know anything. I just... You know, I was one of the rare people that actually liked ha- uh, Halloween Kills. It was just a it Michael Myers opera. It was just him just slicing and dicing. And I was all for it. I was like, okay, it's dumb fun and full of just blood and guts but i was like you know what halloween ends let's see what they're gonna do with this uh this conclusion to the trilogy and what we actually end up getting with this movie was something i never would have expected they spent 90 minutes with this brand new character Corey cunningham yes why uh, that he so, uh, the opening scene's fucking hilarious. I gotta say the opening the scene of this movie, is amazing. Yeah, I wish that the, was the whole movie. <laughs> babysitting and then with that kid. Yeah, that was. I just was. I I was the first time I was watching this movie because I watched it twice. The first time Why? I was just because conf- I was so confused. With okay, the, with this movie, like, <laughs> I, I didn't feel like again. I didn't watch the right movie. Like I was like I was just like really like this is the movie it's what they decided on like okay like this is the direction they're going in because i mean the movie's been out for a while it's on peacock as well so halloween ends and then finally when i like the poster of this movie was jamie lee curtis and michael myers like like face to face blah blah blah. that's not the movie at all and i didn't watch the trailer but like the poster was kind of like teasing this final showdown and the movie was called halloween ends then i watched the trailer after seeing this movie which i'm kind of glad i did because the movie is just marketing a final showdown between Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers. And that's yeah. not what this movie is. This movie is something completely different. It's playing with this concept of that evil can get passed to a different person, like a disease. Like, and, and that's what happened obviously with Corey. He looks into Michael Myers eyes and then this disease of evil hits him. And he oh, can, is that really what, that's how what my, happened. Okay. Oh, that's not what you got, but 
<laughs> I, I mean, I, I thought that he just, he, I forget why he starts killing people. Did, oh, just, no, it's it because of how he was being treated, and I, I didn't know it was because Michael Myers caused it. I guess it kind of has to be. Well, no, but the, that's Halloween, the concept but. that they're playing with, is that evil gets passed along, because they, they have that scene when Jamie Lee Curtis is standing in the driveway looking at Corey, and she's, like, like scared, and then she tells him after, like, it was in his eyes. Like, the evil is in his eyes. And okay, like I got so, you. I got you. Um, yep, that makes sense. And it was right after the scene when uh, Michael grabs him in the sewer by the neck, and they look into each other's eyes, and Michael sees, like, his whole life and how troubled and damaged he was and how he gets bullied by the, the fucking marching band squad, which is hilarious. <laughs> I don't even remember that. <laughs> they are that, the that bullies so that are... 10 years younger than him. I don't know. But, um, and so, yeah, I was like, why are we following this new character that I feel like should have been developed in these last two movies that is all of a sudden getting his own film now. So it was weird that they put so much weight on this new character's shoulders, but rewatching this movie, you can kind of just take a step back and just try to see like what they were going with. And it, it works so much more on a second watch. Really? Like I actually okay. I actually did like it more the second time around. I don't I still don't really like this movie that much, but like I, I like I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of missed opportunities with what could have happened with this movie, but what they were actually going with, I kind of can appreciate and it, Here's it, the thing, it like I wasn't I a did, total failure like everyone else is kind of saying it is. I didn't think it I thought it was better than Halloween Kills personally. I mean, I, I that that's a kind of like there's a lot of awesome scenes where Michael Michael Myers is killing people, but the vast majority of Halloween Kills is Jamie Lee Curtis in a hospital bed, and then the town with these super cringy scenes about how they're trying to like take their town back or something like that. Evil dies tonight. It's Evil dumb. dies tonight. It's stupid, but it's it's stupid. But but the majority of the movie is just Michael Myers brutally killing people, murdering which is fine. every single person that lives in the neighborhood. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it, terrifying. And again, if it's just like. Oh god, like he's literally just and it's so brutal and graphic. It is. And, and that's the best part about it. I I think you can get your fill of that type of stuff with the first two movies or just watch the original films. But, but. Halloween 2018 was was very kind of grounded in the fact that like it's kind of a true sequel to the original and then it also plays around with a remake/reboot because like it has similar tropes that the first one had as well. Like Michael Myers gets released and he starts killing people again in Haddonfield. Liked uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That um, like, but you also have cool. like, like Laurie Strode's family, and you introduce to her granddaughter, and she's great, and she's been in another two movies. Um, I do like her. I like her character yeah, Allison, a lot. I think is her name. She's probably um, my favorite character outside of I guess at Laurie, which we don't get enough of in this movie. You really don't. It, it's trying to like pass the movie down to the next generation. I can't even remember. Does Corey die in the movie? Like, sorry, he full does, spoiler. Yeah, he does die, but because it seems like they're trying to they're trying to set up another franchise with Corey as Michael Myers. That's what it seems like throughout because he's literally wears the mask in the movie so like i don't think they were trying to set up that Corey was going to be the new michael myers like he obviously did become michael myers for a night yeah uh, and unleashes the evil that was inside him whatever um but i think what they were going with is the fact that like even if it's not michael myers per se like evil still exists and can still mm -hmm. get passed on and whatnot or and people like fanboys or whatever can still pick up that mask and put it on even if it's not him so it's like there is a way they can continue it with that but like i think this this type of story would have worked if like say halloween got greenlit on peacock for like a, a series 
and sure. they were playing around with like each episode like follows like a different type of evil or what I think that's a kind of a stupid concept to begin with but but it's something that uh, I could totally see happening it's something that this movie played with as a feature length that they marketed as a final showdown between Laurie and Michael which you don't get until the final 15 minutes and and it's it takes cool. place on like a kitchen counter and that's it yeah it's all in a kitchen in one room <laughs> but right which is kind of cool. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, that scene was good. I, I kind of expected. Yeah, like the showdown. I need, the final showdown was good. And, and, and I needed more cat and mouse was... though. I needed more cat and mouse with that. I guess. Yeah. Like she gets away or he gets away, and she's like, "I'm gonna come get you." And but then... what what pissed people off the most was that like they they're like, "Oh yeah, Michael Myers was a glorified cameo in his own movie." Which I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, if you're a huge Michael Myers fan, then yeah, you're not going to like it. But then also, fuck you if you didn't like Kills, because Kills was nothing but Michael Myers, and it was his opera of killing everybody. So if you don't like Kills, you could probably like Ends more, like you, said, you just said. Um, I think I like Kills more just because it's true to just a true on full-on Michael Myers slasher. Which was just kind of fun to watch. But, it depends um, on what you're going for because that yeah, that is that is Michael Myers like in a nutshell. Here. You you don't get that much character development on Michael Myers as a character outside of like the Rob Zombie movies, which I liked. Uh, if you're not going into the movie looking at like you pull up the IMDb page and it's the exact poster that you're talking about with Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers. Oh, the Last Showdown. That is not what this movie ends. is. Yeah, ends. Yeah, but like it. Yeah, it it certainly ends. But you can skip to the last ten minutes and watch it end. Yeah, <laughs> if you if you don't care about the other stuff, which I didn't, I didn't hate what they were doing. Like I didn't, I didn't dislike the characters. It's just not what you're expecting to get out of this movie. It but wasn't then bad. I think that's that's why they hired David Gordon Green. Which I mean, he made a full on movie about people who draw paint lines in the road. So it's like. Holy shit. He did Prince, Prince Avalanche. Avalanche. Yeah, he directed <laughs> Prince Avalanche. Great oh reference. my god, that movie. Are um, you... oh, so like he. He he's a weird niche director that like wants to do strange things and he likes to play with audiences expectations, which is something that I do like. I do appreciate that because I, I'm so tired of movies where I can see the poster, I can see a clip of the trailer Black and I know Adam. the whole movie. Black Adam. Yes, thank you. Yep. Perfect. I, honestly, <laughs> Amsterdam. I, I'm just like I feel like I know what this movie is gonna be. Okay. Well, I feel like I just know that what I I can kind of just guess and I'm pretty accurate on how I'm going to react and feel about a movie. This one, I just couldn't... I was like, I was so caught off guard by. So like, I, that's why I do kind of appreciate Halloween Ends. It's hard to surprise you. You've seen a lot of movies. And that's okay. Yeah. Those movie dudes. Uh, you know, yeah. there's a certain formula that movies... That mo- there's a certain formula that movies follow. And if you can pick up on that, then literally only three movies exist in your life. Which <laughs> it's, is sad. It, it's sad. <laughs> I, I, wa- I don't want to think of it that way, but that is yeah. kind of the truth. But uh, I... I I went rotten at first with the first watch, and then the second watch, I think I did give it like a 3 out of 5. So, Yeah, I have this as my third worst movie of the year right now. I have it below Abandoned Ooh. with Emma Roberts. So I gave Damn. this a, uh, I gave it a 2 out of 5. I think that's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I gave it a 2.5 two on my first watch, and then I, I bumped it to a 3. So, yeah. It's, I, it's, it's weird, because right. it's like, I don't know if... If you're a Halloween fan, I don't know if you're going to like it. If you're not a Halloween fan, you honestly might like it. So that, that's like the weird thing about this movie. It's made for people who who feel the need to pay for Peacock, maybe? Just people who don't know what they're getting into? Because like, this isn't for a, a, a Shutter subscriber. This is for a Peacock subscriber. <laughs> the last movie that we should talk about here is, yeah, it's a movie that I didn't know that you even watched. 
Sure did. When you told me uh, you watched it, I was like, I totally forgot that was coming out. Click play. Um, yeah, it's it's all quiet on the Western Front. Um, that title might sound familiar to you if you went to high school. Uh, I think this was read the book. one of the reading uh, books or curriculum books that we had to read. Not sure. Um, definitely didn't read the book. Uh, Spark Notes for sure. Um, yes, <laughs> definitely didn't read this. But it was also a a film in the '30s that won Best Picture. Uh, I think there's been at least this is like the third rendition. Yeah, there's of been it a couple um, iterations of it in film and whatnot. And this is a German film. So here's the thing: I know you probably watched this with the English dubbed, uh, because when I hit play and I was watching it for the first ten minutes, I realized they were all speaking English. I'm like, wait a second. I thought this was a German film, and so I actually changed the language manually to German with English subtitles to get the full experience. Here's what I did. I did the opposite. I started it with German, and then I was like, I don't think So my default really... was English dubbed. Oh, my default was... Well, I, I, I switched it to German because I knew it was a German film, so I switched it ahead of time to German, and then I was like, you know what? I don't think it matters because you don't the amount of time that they're having like characters are having like legitimate conversations. I realize you want to get all the emotion and everything, but like there's pretty good dubbing. I've seen a lot of I've seen Dark, which is a German TV show that I've I watched three seasons of that fully dubbed. Same thing with uh, Money Heist, fully dubbed. Um, you have so yeah, I know you have no issue with dub. You, I don't it doesn't care. bother you really at all. For yeah. me, it it definitely is noticeable, but I get it for like the war scenes, like. It's not necessary. You don't really need. It's yeah, not like it's not, it's, it's it's not, not like necessary. A, yeah. But the thing is, the movie is two and a half hours. The war scenes kind of don't really kick in until like forty-five minutes to fifty minutes. Like you do get a lot of just you get you get a lot of just uh, dialogue at the beginning of like the kids kind of getting excited to go to war and talking in a lot of meetings with the with the uh, different like politicians and stuff. So that alone, like that's when I was noticing the the dubbing was really really annoying because i mean it was close-ups of them talking sure and so that's when i had to switch it it's obvious um, and then i just yeah. kept it for the rest because why not but yeah i mean english dub isn't the worst thing in the world for sure i mean if you really are a stickler like me i mean sure but <laughs> it, it was fine it, it, i'm sure it was fine and so when this premiered at tiff toronto uh, a couple weeks ago the word of mouth was insanely positive they were saying that this was like rival saving private ryan in terms of war movies and i was like okay all right you know 1917 i'll go i'll go and see this or i'll check it out on netflix and i did over the weekend and mm-hmm. I, I i literally think this is one of the best movies i've seen this year is is this is some of the oh, strongest yeah. directing and some of the best sound design of the year for for sure and performances like the main guy was incredible here um and set pieces are absolutely unbelievable in this movie just just kind of like you are truly i mean i feel like this is like a uh, a saying but like you are in the trenches <laughs> in this movie 100%. where you're literally in the trenches um kind of and, and you see it from the perspective of these soldiers who were like because back in the day it's like all this propaganda and like oh you want to go fight for your country this and that i'm sure like that was in america but in germany i can't even imagine like everybody's like we got to go fight oh, and everyone's they, faking yeah, their exactly. ages and, and, and forging signatures to get permission slips to go fight as like, cause all these guys that the people that we follow, especially the main character, are like they're not 18. Like they're not, they're like 16, 17, maybe at the at most. And everyone um, just had no idea of the atrocities of war. And they dude, were like, exactly. like that car ride going into the battlefield. They're all like, yeah, let's go. And this they're like great. pumping their rifles. And yeah, the second they're in there, they're just like, I can't do this. This is insane. Yep. And I, I love that the movie, 
just hold it held nothing back and it literally threw the audience in there like in the trenches with you like with them it yeah. was just so visceral like it was just so it was so Dude, intense and i think it, it feels so well written which i don't remember the book but i'm sure the book is like one of the most famous books ever written because i know this is like a very yeah. famous book um so i'm sure that it's very detailed and i don't know if it's like written from the perspective maybe it is written from the perspective of this soldier that might be how the book's written i'm not entirely sure about that um but it it certainly feels like it because you are you are following this this one soldier who lost his friends and he kind of it it, it's almost it almost feels like the uh, like a book it feels like it's in chapters because you get the warfare and then it's kind of separated from that and like some time goes by and then you're back into the trenches again that's the one thing that kind of threw me off, but I, I was able to kind of forgive the film for it because it is based on a book, and that's probably how it was written to begin with. Um, because it feels like there's lulls in the action a little bit, like for me, where I expected like a full-on war film, like you're kind of in the trenches, but the movie does but, kind of jump around a little bit. It's not like Saving yeah. Private Ryan, where you're in there the whole time trying to find Private Ryan. It's It's a little different than that. Yeah, but Saving Private Ryan also had those like lulls of them like sit in the church and talking, and and this movie does too. And I, those lulls, I think, are really important with like the development of the characters. I mean, you, especially when uh, I think they flash forward eighteen months or so, and like yep. there's a whole scene that's maybe like almost ten minutes long of them on the toilet in the woods, and yeah, it was, was him reading the note from the guy's wife because he doesn't know how to read. And it was just kind of getting backstory on his character and learn about his his child that died, and you kind of get more of their friendship a little bit, and it just it develops their character. So when what finally does happen later on in the film, like you just kind of feel that emotional punch a little bit harder. Sure. Um, so I I did like the lulls here. The only thing I think I I was just a little like let's get back to it was when the politicians kept on meeting to talk. <laughs> that was just like the only time I was. Just that like, was where right. they had Daniel Bru- uh What's that guy's name? Yeah, the guy from yeah, yeah. Rush, Daniel. Brula or I can't Daniel Brule yeah Daniel Brule that's his name um yeah where he he's yeah, like the German Captain politician that's trying to Marvel. convince the uh like the the generals and commanders to be like hey let's uh let's just accept their terms and cut the shit here like there's thousands and thousands of people dying every single day every every time we don't come to an agreement more men are gonna die for no reason and then then you get that scene when they're uh, they make that agreement like all right eleven a.m. well and the war is over oh they're all partying God, and then bro. last fifteen Dude. minutes nope we're going to the front lines we're gonna go attack them in the last fifteen minutes and then you know what happens but it's just it, it holds nothing back and it you really feel just the it, how horrible war is and especially just, back then dude because oh god th- this is this is the war that outlawed I think not only flamethrowers but chemical warfare where this is just like everyone didn't hold back there's a scene with the tanks too where they had no idea what what that even was because this is the first time tanks have been this is the first of all the first world war and definitely the first one that implemented tanks because they had no idea what that was when it started coming at them it's like i can't imagine the fear yeah yeah exactly dude um and the flamethrowers like there's so many brutal scenes in this movie that are so hard to watch for sure, it, it, it when I I got those comparisons when they were like, yeah, no, this this rivals Saving Private Ryan in terms of just like yeah. how how disturbing a Not war worse, movie can be. Uh, 
and but the thing is like the movie is so beautifully crafted with the directing with the performances the set pieces the score is incredible like it, it plays the same kind of like tune over over again that kind of sounds like an inception horn yeah like it does. It, you just feel like the that how tense all these characters characters are and it's just it, it's so just it just it shows you how ugly war is and um it's it's a movie that i really 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 liked uh but it's definitely a movie that would be hard to rewatch. But um, I, it's funny because I was just thinking, like, I kind of want to rewatch it just to make sure. Because like the lulls did, that was like my one demerit to the film. That's why it's. I think it's my number eight overall. Just because the way I, the way that we've always structured our list is like in like entertainment factor. You know, for at least for me, that's how I usually structure them. Like it, it's not necessarily the best film of the year, but how how much it impacted me, how entertaining it was. And, you know, it's two hours and 30 minutes, and I think you feel that. I think you do feel it just because of how the movie's structured. But the movie itself is the character study. I mean, the the war elements, just you, you truly do feel every aspect of the war. Like, part, parts of war that you don't usually think about, it's like, oh, these guys had all this time to go and steal a goose from a, a French person's house and yeah, exactly. get shot yeah. at and... Like the, there's other parts of this movie where you just don't expect them, and I think that that helps just kind of build the the characters by themselves um, outside of the warfare, which is nice. I like that part. Unexpected scenes, but damn, this movie is 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 brutal. It's really really brutal for sure. I mean, there's I think there's a death scene in this movie that I just have never seen done before, and in, in this the flamethrower way. No, dude. It was the scene where like he's kind of left behind in the front lines. Like everyone's running away from the flamethrowers, but he gets caught behind and like he's in en- enemy territory, and they're all kind of walking around. And then he's hiding like in the puddle, and he sees that enemy that falls in, and then he's like running oh. to go stab him. And oh he stabs God. him a whole bunch of times, but then he just takes forever to die, and then he's just like struggling with the fact that like I just killed somebody. He's still alive. He won't die. I feel horrible, and then he like lays on top of him and like cries and like falls asleep and it was just so just oh my god that scene was brutal dude (laughs) yeah because that that was like that was during the last battle wasn't it where like they thought it was over and then the german generals were like we're gonna go hit them one more time it's like oh that was before that was before was it before okay yep it was before he gets reunited with um his friends back at the uh at their at their station but then like their friend who did he get he got injured like he was paralyzed or something and like he brought him food and then he just started stabbing himself he's like i'm not going back home after this like this i mean is, yeah because dude, can't back live in, that, life. in that day not only do people not want to have limbs they certainly don't want to be crippled and paralyzed and and, and they were all talking about that throughout this whole movie it's just like how do we go back home and live after what we've been through like this doesn't like we're just gonna go back home and get jobs like there's yeah. no way there's no going back but uh, like he says, like yeah, like, we've lost all of our, all of our platoon, all of our friends. They're all dead. And he's like, no, they're actually at peace. <laughs> like they don't have to live with what knowing like what we've lived through and stuff. And yeah, it was just so brutal. If you know anything about World War One, I, I mean, dude, like so many people fucking died. Like it's it's brutal. It's just it yeah. it's beyond. It, I think it was like the statistics for this this war it's like it's more than all other wars wars combined or something crazy like that like that's a genuine stat where like 2.5 like million germans or i don't know you look it up i'm telling you like if you don't know anything about world war one this was 
the worst of the worst in terms of death. And it dude, and so it's so senseless. Yeah, so senseless, and like nothing was gained. Truly, nothing was gained in terms of, especially no. in terms of conquering land. They conquered a hundred or so feet in four years. That's exactly, what this trench yeah, warfare it, was like. You didn't, you didn't take make any headway at all. There was nothing. But this movie is <laughs> incredibly well done. So yes. I mean, if you have <laughs> it's Netflix, a great movie. It's, it's it's definitely worth checking out. But just know what you're getting into. Um, but you do feel the length a little bit. But I not once did I check the time. Like I, I was con- I was thoroughly engaged throughout. But yeah, it's 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 really good. I think it's my number. Three this, nom- this is going to get nominated for not only it'll get nominated for best makeup it might win um and then obviously sound design cinematography like everything it'll get all it'll the technical definitely, yeah i think it'll definitely get um uh sound design like editing and mixing incredible yeah. sound mixing it might get score I, the score was really really solid um but i think it's a lock in um best international feature that category. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I think it's a lot. Probably. Um, but yeah, that that's it for movies. And then we're gonna give a quick our quick thoughts on uh, House of Dragon, and I'll give you my final thoughts on She Hulk season one, which hopefully there's just one season. She Hulk. <laughs> that's <laughs> the thing. It's like a, the there's finale. <laughs> there's one season of like each character, and then they're just kind of blend into each other's shows and movies from here on out, and then see where they go. I don't know. That's what it feels like. Do you want to get She-Hulk out of the way? I'll get it out of the way. So She-Hulk, Tatiana Maslany, love her. Um, Charlie Cox, love him. He finally makes his way into the show. uh, I think like episode seven or eight. I think there's nine total episodes. Not ten, just nine. Um, And they obviously like start a relationship and start banging and stuff and fighting crime together. That was okay. There's, there's There's an episode that I saw where she... Her car breaks down at this retreat, and it's basically run by um, the guy who plays the Abomination, which he's basically like a version of Doomsday. Tim Roth. Tim Roth. He run. It, it's actually pretty funny because he runs this retreat where superhero or I guess supervillains or just anybody can come and just kind of just like talk about their powers and like their problems and stuff. And that whole episode was fucking hilarious because it's it's literally. She-Hulk kind of um she's dealing with this getting ghosted by some dude that she was seeing and then it's just these all these like weird super weird just like villain characters kind of just like trying to talk her through it and it's it's actually like kind of enjoyable like I was smiling laughing the whole time perfect um, just the kind of they went about it I know you're never going to watch it but I'm just saying well, that's what you want funny. that's what you that's what you want from a show yeah you want to be entertained you want to enjoy it fantastic I was entertained, like I, in, unexpected, because I really, really was starting to hate myself. And again, I don't know why I keep hitting play on these episodes, but I kept doing it, and it got better. It did get better. Are they all like thirty minutes or so? They're or actually do they get longer? Even shorter than that, dude. They do this weird thing, like you know how Mandalorian, like it's like, oh, it's forty-five minutes, but then the last fifteen minutes are credits that are all like animated and stuff. Or, like, yeah, like, one episode will be, like, 54 minutes, and the other one will be, like, 32. Yeah. It's the same shit. Yeah. It's, like, it ends okay. abruptly, and you're, like, oh, I guess that's It must be over. a Disney Plus thing. It's just, like, all right, whatever story we can fit in this episode that's slotted, we'll do. But... That's what it seems like. That's exactly what they're doing. But, like I said, last last month is this feels like, like a CW version of Supergirl, but worse. And it still kind of is. It's still just, like, her trying to, like... 
but worse than a CW because I from the pilot episode I saw it seemed better than a CW at that show, time. But... At that time it was better, but then we haven't seen Mark Ruffalo since then. Um, and it's just been about her and like her relationship issues and trying to kind of solve irrelevant crimes and stuff like that. And then they randomly bring in Charlie Cox as Daredevil and. That's kind of sweet. I liked when they brought him in, which is obviously just bringing Daredevil so, like, back to the universe. What I what I want to know is um, his Netflix show was a whole different vibe than what Marvel <laughs> Disney has, has been doing. So how does that blend into this? Really good question. Uh, I don't know how. <laughs> you don't know how? I don't know. I just, it, it, it was just, just Charlie, Charlie Cox. Cox is just a great actor and he made it so, work. You want to know like how they blended in story wise? No, 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 no. I just, I mean, vibe wise. I mean, Daredevil was dark and brooding and violent. It was and intense and graphic. And She Hulk is bright, vibrant. Yes, che- like happy go lucky. It seems cheerful. And then we got Matt Murdock Daredevil in that show. So. It, I guess uh, it's a testament. They were able to make it work. Like they were able to make it seem pretty seam- seamless. The way that they they brought him into the show and they just kind of like started to have a spark between the two of them. So that's good because I mean I am glad that Charlie Cox Daredevil gets to kind of have his time to shine uh, in like the whole Marvel universe. And yeah. I'll definitely watch the Daredevil show when that comes out. Um, Regardless of how they made it happen, he's back. So that, I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, which is great. I mean, like that's the thing. So like with Black Adam and being happy that Superman's back. Sure, it's the but same She-Hulk, exact I'm situation. just happy that Charlie Cox is back. Yeah. Like I don't even need to watch yeah. the, the stuff. Just I'm happy that they're back and we'll get some more stuff from them down the line. So And we talked cool. about this I think through text or maybe we just talked about it on uh, one of the Xbox parties, but like how they kind of went about they they went about her trying to like fix her own finale. Where like she right. she yeah, she, yeah, yeah. she she does like a whole Deadpool thing. Yeah, she does the whole Deadpool like the whole show for the for like uh to begin with, she's breaking the fourth wall, but even she walks out of her own show in the finale and, like, walks into the studio in the writer's room and was like, hey, we're not doing this. And they're like, you got to go talk to Kevin. Like, talking about Kevin Feige, obviously. Sure, right. And then she works her way up the ranks, and Kevin Feige is literally just, like, a robot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know. It, it was unexpected and funny, and I think the show, it, it pulls out all the stops that it possibly can with the, the kind of the tonality that they were going for, so... It's not a great show, but I think it does redeem itself a little bit with the last two episodes. And it was like it kind of it kind of reeled me back in a little bit, I guess. That's all That's I'll good. say. Yeah. Perfect. She-Hulk Disney Plus. You could probably skip it. <laughs> you could probably skip it. <laughs> Spend 20 minutes talking about it, you can skip it. <laughs> Let's uh on a on a more exciting note, uh probably the best show of 2022, uh the finale or last few episodes of House of Dragon. What were your thoughts on those? This show, I mean, I, I was, I knew, I, mean, I was looking forward to it. And I mean, yeah, we're getting Game of, of Thrones on a weekly basis again. It's going to be a different type of story. Who knows? I don't know what I was getting myself into with the show itself, though, when I originally had like, the season one premiered, or episode one. Now that the show's wrapped up and finished, and we've we've seen it, I really liked the structure of this show and I was not Came expecting around, huh? it to do this because it was, yeah, it was it. Each episode spanned like a handful of years, some like 10 years. And it was like, Oh my God, we're going so far into the future. Like with just season one. Um, so 
that was actually really kind of cool. And I'm just so I'm just now so curious to see where they're gonna go with season two because season one ends on that cliffhanger because the, the book itself is not done. I mean, there's a whole there's a whole more story with the uh, Song of Ice and Fire is not done. In terms of uh, the House of the Dragon, they're they're splitting the season the, this book into seasons now. Oh, okay. And, I guess I haven't. I didn't even know that was a book. Because I, I thought I thought the show was gonna kind of wrap up its story with um, uh, Rhaenyra and whatnot. Um, and Allison, and maybe do some other stuff like with the kids or something. That Not power, yeah. Yeah, no, we're we're really gonna get like showdown in season two. <laughs> like they saved mm-hmm. all that stuff for season two, which I'm now kind of happy they're gonna do because that's just only gonna make season two premiere so hype. <laughs> so fuck yeah, it's gonna be unreal. It's gonna be a long time from now. Unfortunately, it's probably late 2024. I think at best, it's not is... 2025, dude. Oh, yeah, don't it's say that. God while. damn it! It's don't gonna be that, a dude. while. I know. I mean, and I guarantee they're gonna even throw even more money at this show. Which, it, the, first of all, the show looks amazing. Like dragon wise, like you you get your fair share of dragons, you get your fair share of crazy set pieces, and um, obviously you get your political talks in the chambers and stuff too, which I'm sure costs less. But they, I don't know. Uh, like it, the show looks great. And the cast is amazing. Olivia Cook, whoever plays Rhaenyra, I don't know her name. Sorry, Emma Darcy. Emma Darcy. Mike White. No, not Mike White. He's he's the writer. Oh, Mike of, White. <laughs> Mike Mike Smith. Mike sorry, White. Mike White. Can you imagine, dude? <laughs> he's just this like <laughs> dude. Ned Schneebly from House of Rock play or School of Rock plays <laughs> Damon Targaryen. Dude, the character studies in this show are so good. I love the king. I know that he's kind of just a, a just a in terms of the kings that we've seen in Game of Thrones, he's a pretty weak, just kind of boring. He was dude. a, but yeah, I think, but like, I think he's I, one the of the best the characters king, in the show. I do. We're so used to having these like despicable rulers and kings that just rule with violence and hatred and whatnot. But this guy, like, he's a good while guy. He made some very horrible decisions and did things really poorly. <laughs> handled situations very poorly. But like his heart was in the right place for the most part, I which mean, is like, insane. He was trying to be like honorable and noble and tried to do what he thought was the right thing, but I mean was so just misconstrued and misguided at times. But yeah, I mean like it was nice to see a character like that you didn't necessarily hate. Like you, you actually kind of like were like, all right, like you know what he's he's trying. He he's was trying to do. He, he's like the what if Ned Stark was king. He's like the honorable choice. He's like I stand by my choices. I don't care what you guys say. I'm still going to do what I said I was going to do. And yeah, and I think he's he's a character that you you're a little bit put off by because he's just kind of he's not the badass king that you you expect from Game of Thrones. He's but he he's a king that stands by his decisions and he stands by Rhaenyra, which is obviously the character the show wants you to like the most. Um so I think that that and that, his, that the works performance to his favor. is excellent too. I've, I've yeah, Patty. It's not constant. Patty. It's Patty. O- think no, of. Patty Oswald. No. <laughs> somebody Oswald, else. Oswald, that's no. somebody else too. <laughs> no. What's his fucking name? Jesus. Uh, I can only think of Constantine, but that's not it. No, Why that Pat? is no. It's uh, um, it's Patty something. Patty cat. Yeah, Patty Constantine. That's his name. Huh. Oh, okay. So it's close it's to spelled, that. <laughs> it's spelled weird. It doesn't have like S T A I N. Yeah. He um, gives, I think, one, if not the best performance of the show. I don't know. It's a toss up between. Um, he does. No, uh, it, he does really because so? of because of the transformation that he has to do. I think 
he transforms the most because he's the he's like one of the few characters that is there for the entire runtime of the show, and he's going from being a healthy, able-bodied individual to being a completely disheveled king that's dying. So I think he does an amazing job. I think he's yeah he's probably maybe not the most exciting character of the show, but the best one. Okay. Because last time we talked, it was like I think episode five had just happened, and yeah. I think this was the, the last September discussion. Um, and we had just now gotten like the ten years later with Emma Darcy, and I was mixed on. You were. I, I missed the Millie Alcock. I got. I, I was so invested in her performance, and I loved what she was doing with it. I completely came around because I thought Emma Darcy completely embodied Renair Renair as a character, and only sure. grew and, and, and elevated her to like different uh, levels. I thought, and so. I actually really liked her performance, uh, and that's a hard task to come in midway through the season and oh, yeah. kind of take over the show in that way, that regard, and, and as the main and, character. And, yeah, exactly. Like it's, yeah. It, it's it threw a lot of people off. Like I remember I was listening to uh, uh, one of Rogan's podcasts where he was just going off about how stupid of the decision. That really? Was. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like he hated the decision. Like, about it, yeah. like, they should fire whoever made that decision. But honestly, like it was so brilliant. And the casting, whoever casted Emma Darcy did a fantastic job because her and Millie Alcock, them embodying this character of Renera, did, did an excellent job. And that's, it's, that's such a hard task to do. And even the actress who played um, Allison. I mean, obviously, Olivia Cook uh, is, a, is a great actress. But the other one is... Did a great uh, job. But the other one was great, too. I, I forget her name, but she was... She Emily was Carey. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. Really, really rock good. rock solid. Um, the, so... The sh- the show was really, really fucking good. Like it was great writing, great costumes, great. It just it felt like Game of Thrones again, and it, it felt different enough as well to you can kind of appreciate it on a on a different level too. So it felt like they brought the best of the best back to do this season, and they really they really thought out how they were going to do it. It might have seemed at the at surface level, oh, we're going to switch all the actors, this and that, but like the way that they planned it out was pretty genius. Like yeah. the casting, how the story structure was, they introduced all these like all the kids and everything, and they actually they did that so well too. Especially when it comes to like one of the final scenes in the last episode with the dragons flying around in the air and like oh, there's that scene was at times, dude. holy yeah. fuck! Like it, like they genuinely made you care about those kids more than I truly more than I expected because like Rhaenyra yeah. and Allison are almost side characters toward the end of the show because it's about the kids like it is um right and you're gonna see that probably in season two i mean is it is it aemond that's like the guy with the crazy pointy chin that with the one eye <laughs> i think are uh, Rhaegar? no Rhaegar. not aemond aemond's the king aemond's the, the king but the yeah the older brother, brother king what's his name Rhaegar? isn't it Rhaegar? i don't know whatever it's, it's all the same shit. name is i don't know dude yeah <laughs> Um, it's all the, the showdowns, yeah, like that, the, that's just, it's going to be insane with season two. So I'm, I'm honestly, I bet they, could, I bet they could get this out in late 2024. That's what I said. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm sure that that's what they're shooting for, and realistically, that's when it will come yeah. out. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, because so. I mean, they, they know. I mean, I mean, dude, this must have been what it was like with Game of Thrones. Uh, when they, when that was airing season to season, because they were they took a year and a half to two years, and at one point there was like almost three years off. I mean, I didn't begin uh, watching it until I think when season season seven aired was when I was actually watching it in real time. Like I had watched yeah, season one through six, same. and they had been out already. So 
I only got to watch the last season as it aired. <laughs> so like I was Oh wow. I was playing catch up until then. So I mean um Lucky. I never got to experience that, but I mean we experienced that a handful of times with other shows. So when Steven's uh, oh watching season seven in real time was pretty awesome too. That because that's that season yeah. was actually pretty great. Um Yeah, great show. I can't wait till it comes back out again. Are you gonna watch um White Lotus season two? Oh yeah. Yeah, I'll watch that. Are you did you watch the pilot? The the First that came episode? out already? No, I didn't know that was out. Well, it came out on Sunday. <gasps> oh, I didn't know that. So, I mean, that's the new show that's going to be airing every Sunday, White Lotus season All right. two. All right, White Lotus then. Mike White. Speaking of Mike White. <laughs> Mike White. I thought that's why <laughs> yeah. you made the reference. Uh, <laughs> no, I totally didn't realize that. That's funny. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, he's back. Matt back Smith in, uh, is who I was uh, I another to White say. Yeah, Lotus Resort. Um, he's, Mike White is, God, what a good writer. And he did pretty well in Survivor. He made it to the final three. I watched a he almost uh, won. video of... He almost won Survivor. Clips on Survivor. <laughs> he literally almost. He probably should have won, in my opinion. I think Mike White. The fact that like a somewhat famous person made it to the end is already a feat in Survivor. It's hard to do that. So, um, He's a talented impressive. dude. Yeah, for de- sure. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess is there any other shows? Nothing. Nothing worth mentioning here, Ducky. No, I think we're probably good on runtime anyway. But yeah, so we're gonna jump into the kind of listener questions here, everybody. Uh, we got we got two of them that came in. Uh, from you guys thank you for sending those in um you can first of all you can send these in anytime you want if you have a movie question or just any you go on to start a conversation with us you're more than welcome to dm us at any time at those movie dudes on instagram um so yeah but this is from movie thong biggest surprise slash disappointed disappointing film of the year so far big surprise i think implies that it was a movie that i had little to no interest in that ended up somewhere in my top 10. I got and one. I got one there. I got one right here. Okay. I'm sure you haven't even seen or even heard of. Ooh. Um, It's called The Outfit. No, nah, I have no idea what that is. Okay. This is a movie that has uh, Mark Rylance, Zoe Deutsch. Oh. Uh, Deutsch. Deutsch, Deutsch, whatever. Du- I think it's um, Deutsch. Yeah. It just caught me by a surprise. Like, it was a movie that shouldn't have been as good as it was and i remember i was actually telling my dad about it uh i was like oh there's a new movie out i think it's on like prime or peacock or something i was like it's called the outfit it's pretty good he's like oh i watched that last night oh what i'm like really dad he's like yeah i checked it out last night i'm like do you like it he's like i loved it i'm like you don't like movies so that's crazy and he's like yeah i was constantly like surprised by like the twists and turns and bruce willis wasn't in that movie so exactly he was a cop (laughs) no but um it's about like mark rylance he's like a tailor um for the for the mafia and okay. certain situation happens that one night and he has to you know play coy but it's really really well written uh it's really good performances and it's just a movie that i watched when i had covid and i just didn't really expect anything from it and i yeah. was locked in and it went by like that it was it was a okay. great watch interesting so, the mm. outfit it's, it's my number nine of the year and I wow just, I oh my had, god i didn't nothing about a movie this movie i just heard that it was pretty good i really liked it so it's on prime right now so if you haven't heard of this movie go and watch it it's good since we talked about smile last episode i'm gonna say fall i know you watched it and you didn't have much good to say about it but i thought fall was uh, a pretty unsettling and uncomfortable film to watch just based on the subject matter is, are you afraid of heights? Uh, I am now. Yeah, after watching Fall. But like, were you beforehand? Like, was that a phobia at all? Like, if not, you, I don't, I 
I don't think so. Like, I'm not. I think I think if given the situation, I I guess I guess when I go to like amusement park, I don't. I'm not scared of like the one of the like those rides that drop you or roller coasters or anything. Um, but if I were to do like, I've never actively been like I want to do like a bungee jump. I wouldn't do that personally. Sure. Okay. So. I, I so think say, if you're afraid of heights or like if you have some sort of phobia of heights, I think falls of definitely going to freak you the fuck out. Yeah. Sure. The characters are idiots. Yeah. It's, it's what you expect from just stupid characters that the, the whole reason <laughs> sure. why they're up there to begin with is absolutely just so dumb. Like I, how did they get in Wasn't the situation? It like, like, let's go climb this to- tower in honor of your dead boyfriend, boyfriend that yeah. died climbing or something. It's like first scene's hilarious in this movie, by the way. <laughs> the movie it, was a bit silly but i mean yeah like the height stuff was great yeah that's exact because i think this was kind of marketed as like an imax experience because like it it is it's freaky man you're up there they're like 300 feet in the air or whatever it may be maybe more um and there's no way down it, it it's super predictable but i think that this movie it'll make you be like what the fuck oh my god like it there's so many scenes like that i think uh just getting mad at the characters and just kind of the the crazy situations that they put themselves in, but um, it's it's definitely a unique film. It's almost like open water, but they're just stuck on a freaking telephone pole, almost like two thousand feet in the air. <laughs> okay. You know, like there's just no way out, nothing you can do. So yeah, um, I'd recommend that one if you're looking for an entertaining movie to watch. But it's a good little mainstream boy pick too, for sure. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, biggest disappointment. Uh, by far for me is Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, cuz Yeah, I got you there. I I really really like uh Taika Waititi. I I love his other films. Uh I like a sense of humor. This movie was just too much. Uh I I I just I I could not get into this whatsoever. Um so I got to go Thor Love and Thunder. I just did not like this movie really at all. Uh so Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's my biggest disappointment because I when this was announced, I was all for it. I mean, yeah, Taika Waititi, he's back uh, with Natalie Portman. She's coming back. She's going to be like a female Thor. I'm like, oh, that sounds like an awesome pairing. Let's go. Full Taika Waititi unhinged. And then the movie was just insufferable at times. <laughs> so, yeah. I almost just want to like echo all your points because I'm looking at my list and like I, I guess – Amsterdam I was let down by we literally just talked yeah, about that's the exact probably a good reasoning right yeah. I, I think that's a good one because you expect oh David or Russell huge cast this and that uh it's gonna be Oscar worthy and I I guess I'll say that because yeah I was let down by Thor Love and Thunder too but Amsterdam I expected a lot from and I, I think it let down a lot of people so I'll go I'll go with that one one last question here from Tyler Cameron Music. I appreciate that. One of the one of the, those fantasy dudes, by the way, at those fantasy dudes. We're talking about fantasy football. It's those fantasy dudes. Instagram, TikTok, Reddit, everywhere where you uh, get your fantasy football stuff. Does anyone have a favorite anime? Those anime dudes? Question mark. <laughs> um, my anime filmography is not that extensive, but. I will say I'm a pretty big Pokemon guy. I was pretty into the Pokemon Indigo League back in the day. Even watched it as recent as like 2016, I think I watched, like rewatched the whole series, Pokemon Indigo League. But since then, I guess it's the Studio Ghibli films. I watched Spirit Away for the first time. Tale of Princess Kagawa, we have an episode on. I watched that. I like that a lot. 
but Nate's yeah, really so more the anime guy than Nate is by you. far the anime guy. Like he owns a whole bunch of anime films. So I, I'm looking up um, anime films just to kind of get reminded. Like I know I've seen. <laughs> we don't Akira. even remember off the top of our head. <laughs> so. I, well, all the movies that come to mind are the Studio Ghibli. I mean, I've seen Akira, um, which I liked. I didn't love it. Um, that's a that's a really popular one. Um, but one of my favorite movies of all time is My Neighbor Totoro. I haven't, um, I haven't seen that one. I think it's one yeah. of those movies where I would say it's actually a perfect movie. It nails everything a movie should nail. And it's it's just so well done. It's one of the best movies of all time. Uh, so if Studio Ghibli counts, My Neighbor Totoro is probably going to be my answer. That so, definitely counts. Yeah, because yeah, I know they're like, oh, what's that show... Attack on Titan. Whenever I hear someone talk about oh, anime, they're like, Attack on Titan, Attack on Titan. No idea what that is, but I've heard yeah. it, it's like the go-to. It seems to be the go-to. I've heard Death Note is also a go-to anime, like the Japanese uh, show. I th- I've um, vaguely heard They, of they that made a too, movie yeah. on it, though, a Netflix film that was pretty bad with Nat Wolf. So, no, yeah. that's your first mistake. You're going to put fucking Nat Wolf in a movie. Um, that's <laughs> yeah. a poor choice. Whoops. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah. Any, anything uh, movie-wise, Spencer, that we should be looking forward to? We talked about TV. We're watching The White Lotus Season 2, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, but movie-wise, anything that you're looking forward to going into next next month? Movies that come out in November? That is a great question that I honestly don't quite know because usually November, this time of uh, season, you kind of get like the independent films that slowly get like a wider rollout as the weeks go on. Uh, so they're movies that like have been in the conversation, but like you're just now watching them. Yeah. So like I know this weekend, like a handful of limited release films finally get uh, to my theaters. Um, there's going to be a lot. I guarantee like the, you, like it's that time of year where there's going to be so many like surprising movies we haven't heard about. Be like, oh, okay, I'll watch yeah, that. And or, then it's yeah. amazing or something. You exactly. Know? But like the big ones. Uh, like you got Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Oh shit, uh, that's right. Okay, that comes out like next week. Uh, a movie that I actually do really want to see is called The Menu. It has Anya Taylor Joy uh, and <sighs> um, Ralph Fiennes. Fiennes. Ralph this Fine. is a film that actually has been doing the festival circuit. Word of mouth is this movie is fucking excellent. Really, and it's actually a lot of fun. Yeah, I, so, I thought it looked horrible. Okay, I, so I haven't watched. The, I see you got to do what I do, dude. Don't watch trailers. I, I, just I, mean, I go to AMC. And what am I follow, supposed to just show up late? I, I guess. I guess you have no fucking choice. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen. I've seen but, the menu trailer, dude, at least a dozen times. Okay, never seen the menu trailer. I've never seen the. Well, I mean, I have now. I watched it on YouTube, but the Nicole Kidman AMC thing. I watched that once. Oh in my, my god, life. it's so, so I know awful. People have seen that literally like a million times. Cringiest fucking thing you've ever seen once. in your life. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no. So like, I I haven't seen the trailer for this. I just know that this movie has a lot of good word of mouth. Um, I just followed the festival circuit. I follow. I have some trusted people that I follow that if I if they like a movie or they rave about it, then good chance I'm probably gonna like it. And it, so far, it's been working out in the last couple of years. Hmm. So, no trailers. They just because I, I can't. I if I see a trailer, I just feel like I'm gonna f- know the movie. So I don't know. That's the same thing. As I like, like to stay surprised. When my dad's like, oh, I might want to watch this. You want to watch the trailer? I'm like, no. No, yeah. I don't. Just tell me about it, and then we'll watch it. I don't want to re- have the whole movie ruined for me like a fucking castaway. <laughs> but uh, other films, so I am looking forward to the menu. I probably will go see that in theaters. 
Um, and then I I know that uh, the Fablemans who got the Steven Spielberg movie that comes out. Oh, that's uh, about like him. Great things about that. About him. Yep, it's about his childhood and nice. his love for cinema, where that kind of all spawned from. That's love be that. A big awards player. You got another film called Bones and All, which is a Timothy Chalamet film about. Uh, it's like a a road trip, a road road trip. Alvin and the Chipmunks road trip. Um, it's a road oh. trip movie about <laughs> cannibals. In the 70s. Oh, my God. And I heard it's pretty violent, and it's pretty weird. It's from uh, the director of Call Me By Your Name and the recent Suspiria movie. So That's fucking funny. style to it. I was just going to ask, is there any peaches involved? And it's from the same director, so maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, and then Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, a Knives Out sequel, gets a one-week theatrical run during Thanksgiving. What have we come to? So That is so You can weird. watch it. One month early in theaters at any local Regal. Uh, so I have to go to Regal. Week, you got to go to a Regal theater to see it. Yep. Okay, that it's, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it does sound like there's some quality films coming out. So I I'm not, thing, we're, we're going to get movies that we are, are not even on the list right now. We're on our radar. That, Guaranteed that towards probably next month we'll be talking about and being like, oh my god. <laughs> I mean, like this month we had a couple like All Quiet on the Western Front that wasn't anywhere near our fucking radar. Or Abandoned with month. Emma Roberts, yeah. Oh, and don't forget, yeah, Bannon. So. Emma, Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts, Bannon. Um, just do more American Horror Story, please. God, just well, maybe don't. I didn't. I actually, there's a new season of American Horror Story currently airing right now. That's a thing that's out. It's really? uh, it's called like American Horror Story New York or something like that. I think. Oh, I, I it's saw been that two trailer. years since they had a season come out, and I I think I watched like maybe like seventy five percent of the last I'm season that that was airing during twenty twenty, and now it's uh. Now it's this new one. So I think uh, uh, Kamal Nanjani's in it <laughs> from The Big Sick. Kamal. Kamal Nanjani, yeah. Kamal Nanjani. Yeah, I like him. I think he probably plays like detective or something. Anyways, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you made it this far, uh, we surely appreciate that. You can subscribe to us um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you're on Apple Podcasts, hit that plus button in the upper right-hand corner. That way you never miss an episode. This is a monthly show, so we will see you guys um, at the very beginning of December. Wow. And we will discuss everything we watched in November. So thank you there. Uh, at those movie dudes, Instagram and Twitter. And yeah. Toodles. Toodles. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mainstream Boys. New episodes release monthly, and you can stay up to date with everything those movie dudes by following us on Instagram. Instagram.